I'm Mr. Marvel, and it's my job to catch you up on all the things going on in the MCU. So settle in, and let's not waste another minute. Welcome to episode number seven. Today we will be breaking down Disney Plus's Moon Knight, episode two, Summon the Suit. But before we dive into this episode, I must warn you that this will be full of spoilers. Now, I love that we got a quick recap of episode one that faded into just the sound of the jackal fight scene, then having Steven wake up, making it seem like it could have been all a dream. Now, we really kick off this episode with Steven headed back into work at the museum, and we see that JB, the museum security guard, is roping off a section, and he is headed to pull the footage from last night as somebody has destroyed the bathroom. Now, the security guard calls him by the wrong name yet again. Is that you, Scotty? Still Stephen? And yeah, that's me. Now, could this be a nod to Scott Williams, who is a comic book artist and inker and has worked on numerous Marvel comics, including Moon Knight? I'd like to really hope so. My question here is why couldn't the Jackal be seen chasing after Steven? Could this be because Arthur summoned this creature to attack Steven, therefore Steven is the only one that can see it, or is this in some sort of other dimensional plane? Just the fact that Steven couldn't see the Jackal on the recording, that makes me think like something incredibly magical is going on here. Steven does get fired by HR for literally destroying the bathroom. I mean, if it were legal to have cameras in a bathroom, this would have all been avoided. Well, with no job, Steven now has some time on his hands to hunt down the storage unit that the key he found in his flat belongs to. And in a matter of minutes, Steven finds his storage unit and it's number 43. Could this have anything to do with the Moon Knight comic issue number 43, where he fights doppelgangers and one of them happens to be Black Knight? This would put us closer to my theory of Dane Whitman showing up in this series. Now, did you also spot the more noticeable QR code here by the locker numbers? Now, you didn't miss much if you didn't catch it, as it takes us to the exact same website as the last one, offering you yet another free comic for a $1.99 subscription. I wish these would take you to something so much cooler. Now, inside this storage locker, we do find out where Mark hangs out and possibly lives. Steven does find a bag with a bunch of money, a gun, a passport, and the scarab. Now, if you didn't pause it here, right when Steven reads the name Mark Spector off the passport, all you missed was that we do finally find out that Mark is from Chicago, Illinois, giving us yet another nod to the comics as that is where he was born. We also get a great interaction finally between Mark and Steven in yet another reflection scene. Now, Khonshu does interrupt this conversation and Steven is frightened and he grabs the bag and runs away. Here we get our first official and full look at Khonshu. And boy, does he look terrifying 
and amazing at the same time. They did do a great job at this as he is pretty close to comic accurate. And yes, here is where we got our cut frame as Steven was running out of the storage facility. I myself had to rewind because I thought Disney Plus froze. Either way, I'm not really sure what happened here. Maybe it was something important or just a mistake in production. But I know there are a lot of people that have been incredibly upset about this and you just have to get over it and move on. Okay. Cut frame aside, we get Steven running out of the storage facility and he basically runs right into traffic, but trips and falls over his feet. As he looks up, we get our first look at Layla. While Layla is not an official comic book character, she does seem to be the MCU's version of Marlene Alron, who is not only the love interest of Mark Spector, but also helps him with his Moon Knight identity. And eventually they had a kid together. But we do find out that Layla and Mark are married. We get back to Steven's flat and we get one of the best reflection scenes thus far. As Layla is looking at Gus, the now two-finned fish, Steven is standing at the door, but you can clearly see Mark's reflection leaning towards the fish tank, looking directly at Layla. I did think this was very interesting because Steven and Mark are the only ones that can see one another's reflections. Now, since Marvel has not talked openly about whether or not Steven does have DID, could they be spinning this in sort of another dimensional plane or reality? But there are two things that really caught my attention here. The French poem that Steven and Layla recite happens to be both of their favorite poems. Now, could Mark have manifested this alternate persona of Stephen to directly reflect Layla? I mean, they both study and read hieroglyphs too. The other interesting thing here was among the vast collection or hordes of books that Stephen had, I noticed one in particular. Over Layla's shoulder, you see a book called the man in the ice, which could be a connection to Steve Rogers. If you remember the rooftop scene from Winter Soldier when they are interrogating Jasper Sitwell, he mentions the names of Project Insight targets that are of any threat to Hydra now or in the future. Agent Sitwell did mention a TV anchor in Cairo. Could this have been a little foreshadowing to Moon Knight setting up one of Mark Spector's personas that we haven't seen yet? Maybe Jake Lockley? However, this is just my speculation and I could be reaching at absolutely nothing here, but I do hope that we see Jake Lockley eventually. We also get our introduction to Bobby and Billy, the two agents. Now, this is a total nod to the comic book as we had Bobby and Billy who served Amet and also worked at the mental hospital that held Mark Spector. As Bobby and Billy are taking Stephen 
to the police station, which, come on, we all know that's not where they're taking him. We have all watched way too much TV and way too many movies to know he's going directly to the bad guy. And in this case, they're taking him directly to Arthur. Now, did you look closely at the case file that Bobby had pulled up in the car? It's labeled as 1975, which happens to be the year that Moon Knight and Mark Spector were first introduced in Werewolf by Night issue number 32, which ironically is the free comic you can get by scanning the QR code in the locker scene. Well, how crazy is that? Bobby and Billy did not take him to the police station, but dropped him off directly to Arthur. I'm pretty sure we called that one from the get-go. But my question right now is, you know, what is going on in this cult-like area? They are watching some crazy things on TV, and it is melting my mind. Okay, here's my one problem with this series. I have literally loved everything up to this point. Arthur Harrow is a nobody in the comic books. He is a one-off bad guy, one and done. Now, he is telling Steven he was Khonshu's former avatar, and he knows everything that Khonshu is saying, and honestly, it's just, it's not comic accurate, and it kind of upsets me. I mean, there have been other avatars before Mark, but Arthur was never one of them. And I completely understand and support, you know, changing what was comic book to adapt to live TV or an animation, and that's okay. But this is the one thing that pushed me over the edge. Arthur tells Stephen that he was the fist of vengeance. Now, some people might get upset, might not care, but I just want to make this correct. The fist of vengeance was when Khonshu merged with Ghost Rider during the Avengers Age of Khonshu comic in 2020. But this could be a nod to Moon Knight being referred to the fist of Khonshu in the comics. Either way, not everybody is right all the time. All right, enough of my downward spiral here. With a little banter back and forth between Stephen and Arthur about the scarab, Arthur starts to explain that the staff he carries belonged to Amit's previous avatar, and it holds a fraction of of her power. Now, this staff starts to glow purple, and if we know anything about the colors of the MCU, purple tends to mean the dark dimension. We've seen purple with Dormammu, with Agatha. I mean, this could put us into another Mephisto gate. I mean, they do have a lot of comic book history, so this is definitely a possibility in my book that Mephisto could show up. Or is Mephisto already here? Has he been here? Could he be Arthur? Either way, Arthur uses his staff to summon yet again another jackal. And just like the security footage from the beginning of the show, Stephen is the only one that can see it. 
But between all this commotion, Layla has been telling Stephen to summon the suit. He keeps on thinking she is talking about soup. Then once they're trapped in the evil magician's man cave, we get another reflection interaction between Stephen and Mark. Mark wants Stephen to let him take over so he can become Moon Knight and handle things. As soon as the jackal breaks through the doors, it attacks Stephen and throws him out of the window. As Stephen is falling to what he can assume to be his untimely death, Kanchu steps up and tells Stephen to summon the suit. This puts Stephen in a panic and he starts yelling, suit, 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 and comes crashing to the ground. He not only summoned a suit, but we also get an epic superhero landing, or as Yelena would say, Now, this is a long ways away from the ceremonial armor from Kanchu's temple that Layla, Mark, and Kanchu were wanting Stephen to summon. But nevertheless, it is a suit. And yes, maybe he does look like a psycho Colonel Sanders, but this is our first introduction to Mr. Knight. Now, it does not seem that this is a different persona as he is in the comic books. It does seem to just be more of an extension of Steven's mind, kind of like how Iron Man is just Tony Stark. But with four episodes left, we still have a chance of Mr. Knight developing into his own personality. We get a pretty decent fight scene between the Jackal and our newly introduced Mr. Knight, and it seems like they could actually handle this. Well, with the help of Mr. Knight's new powers and a little help from Layla. Layla was able to throw some dirt onto the Jackal, and we kind of get an idea that it's just not visible to people that aren't magical or the avatar of an Egyptian god. So... How could Layla be able to see the silhouette of this jackal just by throwing some dirt on him? But we do get one of the worst MCU lines ever right here. Now, I'm sure this is funny for some people, but for me, it just wasn't. But we do get two really nice Easter eggs from this scene. When Mr. Knight is fighting the Jackal in the street, well, everyone that sees him just thinks he's a fancy drunk. If you look at the bus, you can see the ad for the GRC, which we were first introduced to in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now, we have had lots of hints and nods to the MCU in this series, but this is our first official Easter egg that connects Moon Knight to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So this one is huge. For our second cool Easter egg in this scene, it comes right after Steven and the Jackal get hit by the car. Now, this is one you might have missed, but as we have a nice overhead shot of Mr. Knight laying in the street and a clear view of the top of the bus, did you spot the number 32? 
That's right, another nod to Werewolf by Night, issue number 32, when Moon Knight had his first appearance. There were a lot of numbered Easter eggs throughout this episode, and I did really, really enjoy it. I just wish they tied to other things and didn't continue to repeat themselves. Okay, back to our breakdown. Mark gives Stephen a little well-deserved credit for fighting the Jackal, but tells Stephen if he doesn't give him control, someone is actually going to get hurt. Stephen agrees and gives Mark control, and we get to see another epic suit change here as it's Moon Knight's turn to fight the Jackal, giving us an epic chase scene over the rooftops with a shot of Moon Knight and the moon every chance they get. I'm pretty sure I counted about seven with an extra one as Moon Knight was killing the Jackal. And this is where things don't go so well for our heroes as Mark checks his pocket for the scarab, he comes up empty-handed. Arthur, however, finds the scarab in the hands of a homeless man, offering him anything but the scarab. Now, without judgment, Arthur sucks the life force away from this man and takes the scarab from him. And this is why I get a Mephisto vibe. All this talk about judgment, good, bad, but when no one is around, he kills, well, almost no one. Layla witnesses the whole thing and rides off on her moped. With Mark now in control of the body, we get a little role reversal here as it's the reflection of Steven wanting to get out and have control. Mark, however, has other plans and kicks the glass breaking the reflection of Steven. Kanchu is now incredibly pissed with the both of them as the scarab is lost, threatening Mark with taking Layla as his next avatar. Mark now must find another way to get to Emmet's tomb before Arthur does. This closing scene takes us to a wrecked hotel room where we can see Stephen covered in a blanket with a bloody fist trapped inside the reflection of the mirror, leaving Mark in control of the body somewhere in Egypt. This really leaves me thinking that it's actually Jake Lockley here in the hotel room. Honestly, I feel this has been him since the Jackal died. Now, I'm just speculating, but hear me out. Jake Lockley's persona was that of an unpredictable and more violent character. He could have been just one specific moment away from being released, and that incredible fight scene with the Jackal could have been that moment. And we had, or who we assumed to be Mark, back in control of the body, could have actually been Jake. I'm only leaning in this direction because we see the outburst of anger by kicking the reflection of Steven until the glass shatters. And that end scene where, again, we assume that Steven is the one in the reflection of the mirror, but you do see his bloody fist. 
That doesn't seem like Stephen, and it could have been Mark. This episode definitely gave us a lot to take in and a lot to think about. I cannot wait for episode three. But honestly, I cannot wait until episode four, as the director has announced that we are going to get a big mind-bending swing that will make us reconsider everything we have seen so far. Well, this wraps up our breakdown on Disney Plus's Moon Knight episode two. Now it's time to bring you some news and rumors that are going around the MCU. Now, I know I said I wouldn't talk about Thor Love and Thunder until we got a trailer, but the trailer is finished. It just hasn't been released yet. We could see something, hopefully, before the end of the week. Marvel has officially announced that the upcoming Disney Plus series, Miss Marvel, has been rated TVPG, making it the first time any MCU project has received anything under a PG-13 rating. But if you remember, WandaVision was originally set up to be PG, then changed to TV-14. So this could still change before it premieres. We also got a new TV spot trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It looked like Strange and Wanda are having the same dream. Well, nightmare. And we officially got a glimpse of Billy and Tommy, meaning we could pick up right where WandaVision left off. So if you have not seen this Disney Plus series yet, I highly advise that you watch it before May 6th. Two other notable mentions from this were we get to see Sinister Strange's third eye. And what I can only be incredibly excited for is a clear shot of Zombie Strange, which takes us back to Disney Plus's what if zombies episode again that is a must watch episode along with the doctor strange lost his heart instead of his hands what if episode and our big rumor for doctor strange the multiverse of madness is that 18 characters are expected to die in this movie now i'm assuming this could just be variants but it's definitely got me even more excited. So much that I got my tickets for both Thursday and Friday night, and I hope you were able to get yours too. As always, thanks for listening, and make sure you are following us on all platforms. Just search at Mr. Marvel's Minutes. And make sure you click that little bell so you'll get notified first when we release a new episode. Don't forget to catch us next weekend when we break down another spoiler-filled episode of Moon Knight. Mr. Marvel's Minutes is brought to you by Crafts by Spooky Blog, where it's spooky, but with some pixie dust. Just search Etsy for Crafts by Spooky Blog. You can also become a Patreon to help us keep the mic on.